Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is February the 16th. It is Hump Day Wednesday. We have an incredible NBA slate of 11 games, and I am joined by our special guest analyst here, Mr. Gundacker himself. I, by the way, am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Uh, and what do you think, Gun? How are you, man? Did you have uh, an enjoyable week so far, the Super Bowl, all the fun stuff that went on? Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl was a, a great day. Uh, yesterday, Valentine's Day was was pretty smooth, and uh, uh, we got what two more two more slates, and we get a couple days off to recharge and uh, get ready for the second half. Yeah, I'm I'm fired up for for these slates here. Yesterday, seven games. Today, a big fat eleven, and then a decent five gamer tomorrow. So they're jamming in as many games as they can before the All Star break. Um, we'll be doing uh, an All Star game uh, day Sunday. We'll be covering that. I'll have a, a quick podcast, and we'll be providing uh, some info for that game if you want to play that showdown. But, yeah, you're right. This weekend's going to be quiet. Um, we're getting a lot of stuff done here, Gunn, and you're welcome to join us, by the way. We announced yesterday that our first annual get-together at the NBA Summer League in Vegas. So we're going to be there the 8th, 9th, and 10th of uh, July. So... That should be a blast. We're, we're going to have more information uh, that we'll be posting on our website and on Twitter uh, for that. So can't wait for that one. Uh, get all the names and faces together that we talk to every day. So that'll be cool. Yeah, it's, it's like a lot of fun. And it also sounds like it's going to be pretty hot <laughs> in July in Las Vegas. Oh, it definitely yeah. will. But we're, we're not yeah, we're used a lot to of it, right? outside <laughs> activity. <laughs> So I'll meet you at the craps table or whatever. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we don't have a lot of time to waste today. I do want to say this on the way in. If you're watching on YouTube, please give us a quick thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button and give us a comment. Uh, Gunn and I are, are, have been taking turns on each other's shows, and, and we want to continue to do that. The collaboration has gotten a ton of positive uh, results and, and comments. So if you want to continue uh, seeing us work together on these, you know, give us a quick comment. Let us know what you think about it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get the best of, of two worlds, two different looks at a slate, and it's going to prepare you best to just absolutely smash it. Uh, we certainly are uh, planning on continuing to do some Saturday live streams uh, with Gun. Obviously not this Saturday with the All-Star break taking place, but... All right, my man, here we go. We're going to go <clears throat> all 11 games, no messing around. We're going to get through this sucker. Nine of the 22 teams are either on the first or the second night of a back-to-back, -back, so that will increasingly uh, affect some things. The good part is, you know, this is the least, in preparing, the least I've seen uh, this COVID protocol stuff. It seems to finally be dying out, knock on wood here, but uh, that's a great plus, so that'll give us an idea. The, do, the, the change that we do have, Gun, is all of these traded players are now starting to, to get in there. We're starting to get an idea of the rotations, the minutes. So it, it does put a new twist on it, and uh, we'll uncover that as we go through these. All right, we only have one 7 o'clock game. It is the Atlanta Hawks at the Orlando Magic. Um, and that uh, the second night of a back-to-back -back, uh, for the wonderful Atlanta Hawks. 
Um, Atlanta comes into this game 27 and 30. Orlando, a stellar 13 and 46. Not good. Um, as far as injuries, we have John Collins out for Atlanta. So that's big. And then four guys out for Orlando, Fultz, Hampton, Isaac, and Wagner. So sort of the same old, same old with uh, those guys out for that team. As far as statistically, pace a little bit above normal for this game. So that helps a bit. Uh, Atlanta is favored by six, by the way. It's a 230 uh, uh, total. So solid total. 118 implied for Atlanta, 112 for Orlando. But the pace, as I was mentioning, is 14 and 12. So a little bit better than normal. Two lousy defenses, 28 and 21, respectively. So definitely uh, some interest here. I think a game we can hone in on and, and try to get out to a, a quick start. What's your what's your take on this Atlanta-Orlando matchup, Dunn? Yeah, so the last couple of games, they've had no John Collins on the Atlanta side, and that has allowed Clint Capella to go from playing low 20s to back-to-back -back games of 31 minutes uh, and on DraftKings and Fando, respectively. He's pretty cheap considering uh, what he could uh, put up in those type of minutes with his uh, defensive peripherals uh, rearing their ugly head. And I think the 30 minutes producing lackluster results, 21, 30 fantasy points on DraftKings, I think we should be appreciative of the matchup. Uh, Boston and Cleveland, very tough interior defenses and really tough overall defenses. Magic, not so much. So this might be a diamond in a rough. That's kind of obvious uh, in hindsight tonight that Capella probably a little bit too cheap uh, against this Magic team if he's going to get these type of minutes. So uh, I, I do want to get some stake in some Clint Capella today. Hopefully his shot volume goes up a little bit. It's going to be more of a dunk only guy. Uh, but like I said, the matchup getting a little bit better in this total being what it is. Uh, I do have a lot of interest in, in getting some exposure to Clint Capella. On the other side for the Magic, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. kind of sticking out to me against this depleted Hawks front court. Uh, he is uh, currently projected for almost 40 fantasy points in my model this far out. Last couple games have been pretty fruitful for him. And in the last three games, he's popped usage rates of 29, 24, and 30%. So he is actively involved uh, in what they're doing. Uh, and you know, like you said, this uh, this defense for the Haw or for the Hawks not that good. And I, I love that uh, Carter will uh, stuff the st statue for us, give us double digit shot attempts, and he even chuck some from behind the arc. So I do like uh, Wendell Carter versus Clint Capella uh, as some early correlations. And then on, on DraftKings, Trey Young's probably just uh, too cheap overall, 9,400. He's a guy he can give you 30 points, 10 assists, and go from there against a Magic defense that uh, should give him very little resistance, as I say. So uh, I do like Trey Young. Dropped a smooth 60 yesterday against an aforementioned tough uh, aforementioned tougher defense uh, in the Cavs. And then the game prior, really solid outing against Boston. And Boston is, is, is uh, I'm sure you've been paying attention, just defensively on another level right now. Yeah. Um, smoking the Sixers yesterday by, what, oh, 50, 70? <laughs> it was nuts. Uh, so if Trey Young can uh, uh, play his game and thrive against Boston and Cleveland with 30 and 41 real points and go from there, I don't expect much uh, – 
uh, resistance in lieu of the Magic here. I'm actually a little surprised that the spread's only six in favor of the Hawks because as bad as the Hawks' defense is, they're still pretty up there in offensive efficiency. The Orlando Magic are not. So if we're going to get an opportunity at four quarters of Trey Young at 9,400 on DK, I like that, and I like correlating it with uh, some of his shooters, and Capella is going to be a uh, high field goal percentage guy on hopefully eight shots. Uh, But that's that's what I'm on early. Yeah, you know, it's funny because the the one thing that stood out to me the most, I generally have a preconceived uh, thought of what the line's going to be. And I thought Atlanta would be like a nine-point favorite here. Mm -hmm. So I'm never off that much. And I just, I don't know how Orlando really stays with them. Not that Atlanta's, you know, tearing up the league, but Orlando's awful. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that's what affected me because initially when I started looking at it, I thought, okay, Trey Young at 94 on DraftKings is a a nice bargain for what he's been producing. And as you astutely mentioned, they've been against really good defensive teams, and Orlando's terrible. So, uh, you know, Trey Young, I think, is a good play if this game stays close enough and how you would think Vegas thinks it will with only a six-point spread. So he's certainly in play for me. I'll tell you, I've got the the bitterness of Capello, though. I played him last night, and he was a dog, man. Is I don't know if he's washed up or what the deal is. Have you watched him play much recently? Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's always going to be at the mercy of his uh, ball handler, uh, same when James Harden was his uh, point guard. He yeah. essentially can only dunk. And this is why when John Collins is healthy, Capella has not been part of the closing lineup, and no. he cannot shoot free throws. He's one of the worst free throw shooters in the league. So it right. becomes a liability in 2022 style of basketball. But right now they got to lean on him. And, you know, Wendell Carter, Mo Bama, they're going to put some size in the front court against him. So, uh, I, the the need in the past of 30 minutes has been there. I, I would expect when John Collins comes back, Capella is going to go down uh, to the 20-ish minute mark again, and you might right. see more Kongu, you might see more uh, Collins filling at the five as well. But um, no, I, I think he's just not he, – he's a guy that's going to need his point guard to feed him for dunks, and then if he's not getting rebounds and blocks, uh, you're going to be in for a tough night. And I you know, like I said, Cleveland's to be expected. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, it's a really tough front court. Boston, seven, 17 rebounds against Boston, nothing to shake a stick at. So No, and um, I, I fell for that stick, though, unfortunately, and, and thought yesterday would, you know, even though he was going against a, a tough interior, that he'd step up. But I just, I, again, I, I don't think he's, I mean, he's older. I just don't think he's yeah. the same player. They had talked about moving him at the, the trade deadline, couldn't move him. Uh, and, you know, I know that Orlando's not a good defensive team, but Bamba and Carter, it's the double centers again, similar to what he faced uh, against Cleveland. So even though he's only 5-3, I know I'm a little bitter from yesterday, and you have to forget about yesterday. Today's a fresh start, but I, I'm sort of down on him. I, I saw a Kongu grab a lot of his minutes in the fourth quarter, and they always pull him out the last three minutes or so, like you said, because he can't make a foul shot. So. Uh, I get you. I I think that that's going to be a big debate and a tough decision because, you know, let's face it, we have 22 centers to choose from today. I just don't know if I have the guts to to put my hope in Capella, but uh, I I understand the the logic there for sure. Trey Young's probably the best play for me on the Atlanta side. On the Orlando side, you know, it's I'm tempted with Cole Anthony. He's had some big games for me, but he has certainly leveled off a little bit. I think Suggs is playing a little bit better, so that has helped, you know, regressed a little bit of the usage for Anthony. 
But Trey Young's defense is is atrocious. And, uh, you know, just the backcourt defense of Atlanta, even when they have Lou Williams in there, they just can't defend. So a little interest for me in either Cole Anthony at 6'7", or a 5'9", Suggs, who's starting to really get his feet in this league. But uh, after that, I think that's that is about it. Yeah, Cole Anthony saying the Suggs is going to give you some volatility. No floor, a little bit of ceiling, though. Uh, so depending on how many lamps you're, you're running and what your risk tolerance is, um, you can justify it pretty easily in the matchup and this total and the spread. Uh, yeah. But you're not going to feel great about it. <laughs> no, it's there's definitely risk in this game, but it could be a, a bonanza game. If it is six and it the scores in the 230s, it, it could be a, a, a something you have to have some exposure to, you know? Yep. All right, game two, we have three games at 7.30. The first one is the Washington Wizards and Indiana Pacers. Indiana favored by one, 226 total, 112.5 implied for Washington, 113.5 for Indiana. So that's a nice little setup there. Washington comes in 26 and 30, Indiana 19 and 40 in, in their rebuild. Uh, one guy that has been playing a nice 20, 25 minutes of the last few games, Rui Hashimura, is questionable. And generally in the past when he's questionable, he has a tendency not to play. So keep an eye on that one because it will open some minutes up for other people in the rotation. Daniel Gafford's out, and I have to chuckle at this one. You know I'm a Mavs fan. Porzingis is out. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Washington Wizards fans. So three games, he's already been out every game. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, Indiana, uh, on their side, we've got Brogdon. Why is Brogdon questionable every damn day? Can you answer me that? And then he's ruled out. Does that make sense? No. Uh, I And uh, well, I speculated yesterday this close to the All-Star break. It's one of those extra, extra time off if you just right. sit him out here. Yeah. I, I'm leaning to him not, to, to him not playing today. I, me too. I mean, this has to be like 10 to 15 times in a row he's been listed as questionable <clears throat> and then not plays. I mean, it just, it's so agitating. I don't even know why I'm, I'm not counting him in anything. And then uh, Isaiah Jackson is also questionable and that has an effect on this game. No question. Cause uh, he can, he can really make a difference in the paint. Uh, Duarte McConnell, Turner and Warren are also out for Indiana. So uh, there's definitely some volatility in this game. Um, coming in, it's also more complicated because it's the first night of a back-to-back for Washington, second night of a back-to-back for Indiana. Uh, you've got two fairly slow teams, Washington 25th, Indiana middle of the pack at 15, but two horrible defend- defensive teams and getting worse. 23rd for Washington and 26th for Indiana, but they've been playing the last month as the 28th and 29th ranked defense. So, man, I think there are some really good opportunities here. Uh, and if this game stays close, like Vegas is saying, this I know it sounds crazy, but this could be a sneaky, important game on the slate. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think this is, uh, this is a game that is priced uh, collectively on both sides where – there's not like 10, 11 K breakers, and there's a lot of minutes at six and five K or less. Uh, right. Uh, starting on the the pacer size, Halliburton and and Buddy Hield representing high 30s to 40 minutes. Uh, and uh, yesterday, Buddy Hield was single handedly 
a catalyst in the Pacers not getting laughed out the gym. Uh, and today, six six K. If he's going to get forty minutes of a uh, uh, a play, double digit shot attempts, upwards of twenty, half of them being from behind the arc, uh, depending on how good or bad of a shooting night he is. Uh, we mentioned volatility in Jalen Suggs and Colin Anthony. Buddy Hill's the same uh, the right. same story here. Two of his last three games, forty fantasy points or greater. On DraftKings, uh, the the middle game is 28. In that 28 fantasy point game, he shot one for 13 from three. So that just goes to show you that uh, you know he has an ability to um, uh, go cold. Great from yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, if uh, if Isaiah Jackson doesn't play today, Jalen Smith, one of the uh, largest. Uh, discrepancies in prices from site to site. He's 5,700 on Fando, but just 3,900 on DraftKings. Yeah. Yesterday, he actually fell, uh, fouled out, uh, and that'll happen when you, you're across from Giannis and Middleton. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, today, if he could stay out of foul trouble, kind of like Isaiah Jackson, his per-minute production is, is nuts. 17 minutes against Milwaukee yesterday, 25 fantasy points, 23 minutes against Minnesota, the game prior, 36 fantasy points. So, He's very active uh, when he's got some time on the court. And I think that yeah. DraftKings price points way too low uh, if he gets another opportunity to start here. Uh, kind of an unexpected start yesterday. A lot of people pegged Lance, uh, Lance Stevenson to start with O'Shea Brissett uh, stretching out at the four, but that didn't happen. So if they run this back here uh, and Jalen Smith gets another opportunity for those minutes, I'm very interested in that. That could have been a – uh, matchup thing where they thought the size and length of the Milwaukee Bucks needed more uh, beef in that front court, so maybe they change things up and throw Lance back in the starting lineup. Obviously, that would be backwards a little bit, uh, but overall, uh, yeah, I, you could sell me on Smith, and you could even uh, allow me to forgive O'Shea Brissett on DraftKings again. Right. Another big difference in price, to almost two K difference in his Fanduel yeah. to DK pricing. So the Pacers might be way more of a DraftKings stack for me on the Wizards side. Kyle Kuzma. Uh, hasn't really moved in price in uh, several games now without Bradley Bill and uh, life without Spencer Dinwiddie and Montrez Harrell uh, against Detroit was kind of a, a lackluster play that night. But we know what his upside can be, and we typically in this split would expect him to uh, exceed 40 fantasy points on both sides. And I think the price is right uh, on Fandle and DK, where you think if 40 happens more than it doesn't, he should be part of the player pool. Raul Neto uh, splitting the gu uh, guard minutes now with Ish Smith. Uh, price okay, but still has a shot for 30 fantasy points at under 5K. Uh, and then Corey Kispert and Danny Avija. I've kind of decided that I'll never get these guys right. <laughs> With the, the slate I play, Denny, the, it's the slate that Corey Kispert goes off and vice versa. Um, yeah. But they are, uh, you know, obviously profiling as potential values here. And then Thomas Bryant. I've been staying away from Thomas Bryant just because – um, initially the general perception was he should get a big boost without Daniel Gafford and without Montrezl Harrell. But remember, he's being healed from his uh, long injury. So he never really benefited from extra minutes. Uh, he just rewarded a couple of people for, um, you know, for playing him with a huge game in 20 minutes. But it looks like he's going to be on a lease for the uh, time uh, being. So on 11 game slate, it's pretty far fetched to find me out here in these streets with a guy that's on a 20 minute um minute restriction so i probably don't get to the thomas bryant here but you can give me kuzma you can give me almost all of the pacers on DraftKings, and then i'll uh, kind of spin the wheel make a deal on these uh wizards forwards and guards great take man i mean we're really thinking the same here a lot i i think that 
you know, again, at, at Coach Talk, our members, we go over everything with them. We talk about our strategy, building, having some exposure on DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo because of the different prices. And this this is a perfect example. You know, when you can get a guy two grand cheaper or just totally mispriced, it's almost like a free square uh, on that particular site where you may not have any ownership of them at all on the other. So uh, an important thing that, that you brought up there. But just to, to touch on those, I'll go through uh, real quick on a few of your comments on the Wizards. I think Kyle Kuzma is a great play on all sites. I mean, the fact that Rui is questionable and might not play, he takes a lot of those four and five spot minutes right now, you know, at least 20, 25 minutes of those. And uh, maybe some of them will go to Bryant, but they may just also play small at times and have Kuzma, uh, you know, play bigger. So I think he's going to get a lot of rebounds, a lot of opportunities in a close game uh, without really a great defender on the other side to, to check them. I think Kuzma is a terrific play and uh, he's definitely in my player pool. I'm with you on Denny Avdia and Corey Kispert. I mean, it's very frustrating. They're both cheap. They both can make their number, but trying to figure out which one and they're playing the same role same thing with Neto and Ish Smith. I, I just don't want timeshare. You don't have to take timeshare guys on when you have 22 teams playing. So I'm not interested there. I agree with you on Brian. I think he's going to get some ownership, especially if Rui sits. He's starting to get decent minutes, but I do think there's a cap there. And you know, the last thing you can do is, is roster a center that's only going to get 22 minutes. Uh, that that can just sink you. So. It's all about Kuzma for me, really, on the Washington side. I agree on the mispricings on the Pacers. Halliburton looks fantastic. Heald's been terrific. Um, 6-2 for Heald. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. But he really played hard last night and played a lot. So mm -hmm. is that going to be regression? I have I have a tendency to, to shy from shooters that have, are on a back-to-back -back and just played uh, a ton of minutes. Not that he can't do well, but I think it limits that ceiling a little bit, unless it's Steph Curry. He's he's a different human being when in shooting. So I do like Hield, but I'm not positive I want to get there. I think Halliburton might be sneakier because if people are going to look at the price difference and say, hey, Hield's playing the big minutes, let's go there. So I'm going to watch ownership uh, and, and may dive Halliburton there uh, as a good uh, counterplay from Kuzma on the other side. O'Shea Brissett, I know he sunk a lot of ships last night, but he's only 5'6". He's getting big minutes, and you know I think he's a good play again. I love Jalen Smith. If Jalen Smith is starting, I think we're going to get this news, even though it's 30 minutes after lock. I think we'll have it beforehand. I think the misprice on DraftKings is somewhat of a free square. If he's going to start, how do you not play Jalen Smith at 3'9", with the promise that he shows the aggressiveness young players are going to get in foul trouble from time to time. And, and he filed out yesterday, but he's not going to be, this is not the interior that he played, uh, you know, yesterday, this is a much less interior offense. So I think Jalen Smith could be the play of the day value wise on the entire slate. Uh, and then, you know, let's just see what other news is there. I'm not interested in the whole Goga, you know, Terry Taylor, Tristan Thompson, all of that nonsense. I just don't want to get involved in that. But I know when they picked up uh, Jalen Smith, it caught my eye because I was shocked 
that Phoenix gave up on such a young player. But yes, they're log jammed at center with three uh, veteran centers. But I think Smith's going to be a player in this league, man. And I think he's a great play today. Yeah, very active. You love guys that uh, generate a lot of fancy points in their time out there. You don't have to slow burn it. And he can shoot the three. Yeah. All right, second 7.30 game. It's the Detroit Pistons at the Boston Celtics. Boston, big favorite here after beating Philadelphia by like 100. Uh, Boston's a 12.5-point favorite over the sad sack Pistons. I don't know, man. This When I coached, if I had a team blow somebody out that was a good team like they did yesterday, and they have the next night they have a game against a horrible team, I would be like screaming, don't let down, you know, because this is going to be the classic. Uh, this game is in the tank. We got it. We'll crush them, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not I'm not counting out the fact that this could stay within single digits. And I usually am the first guy to say I'm not going there because of a blowout. But this game scares me. It is a sandwich type situation for Boston. But anyway, they're 12 and a half point favorite, 215 and a half total, 101 and a half implied for Detroit, 114 for the Boston Celtics. Uh, coming into this game, Detroit's 12 and 45, Boston red hot, 34 and 25. Uh, probable for Detroit, Pickett, nobody cares. Jackson and Livers are out. The two question marks for Boston are, are enormous, though. Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, the second. So that is going to be a big thing as far as where we go with this game if those two guys or are in or out it could create some some definite ownership shifts detroit's on an island game again we know boston crushed philly last night second night of a back-to-back -back. pace in this game detroit 11 boston 21 so average detroit's defense terrible 25th boston second in the league now defensively and somewhat of a runaway first the last three weeks. So I am dying to know what your stance is on this game. I know everybody says, don't predict, you know, blowouts, blah, blah, blah. Do you think this game blows out? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's just Boston's on a different planet when it comes to defense right now. Detroit's already one of the worst offenses in all of basketball. Uh, their offensive efficiency is the second worst behind the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you put essentially the worst offense against the best defense. Uh, can't really expect much. Uh, uh, an 11-game slate, I, I don't really, you know, I don't need to get too cute. Right? I don't have to put makeup on, as I say. Who are we getting cute for by playing uh, 7K Sadiq Bay today? So I, I probably don't see myself on, on, on much in Detroit. But you did mention uh, the Celtics. Marcus Smart limped off yesterday. He's questionable now. Didn't play the second half. Derek White filled in for him. By the way, Derek White, uh, for those of you that uh, like plus minus, uh, had it was a plus minus of plus forty one yesterday in Good a uh, yeah in twenty eight minutes played. So huge. And Derek White is kind of um, you know people might initially think that no Marcus Smart, the defense might get worse. Derek White is an elite defender, uh, and it's probably a little bit more efficient offensively than Marcus Smart. So I don't think it's really a, a step backward. If anything, it's a lateral. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if Robert Williams doesn't play, you might get some more Grant Williams, Daniel Tice minute splits. But it could be one of those situations where on a back-to-back, -back, uh, you give Al Horford a, a, a night off of his uh, feet and uh, maybe Robert Williams can go. Uh, and then Williams, of course, is uh, before yesterday was 
uh, putting together a huge couple of games. Uh, ultimately, I think Derek White would be the best price uh, points per dollar type of attack for me in this game. I'd be a little bit skittish on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, usually I, I stick them in the back end of my player pool and I set a rule not to have them both in the same lineup and then just uh, throw the pair of dice on the table, let it rip. Uh, but ultimately yeah. I'm expecting Boston to uh, keep this pace slow, dominate uh, everything. And uh, I don't have a lot of high hopes for the, the Detroit side, 11 game slate. Got to X out a few games here and there. This could be one of them. I'm 100% with you, man. I won't spend a lot of time on this game because I just don't like it. Uh, like I said, I I think Boston lets down, so you're not going to get peak performances, in my opinion, to pay 9-6 for Tatum or 8-8 for, for Brown against a, a lousy Detroit team. I, I enjoy Derek White as well. I can't believe the Spurs traded him. I mean, he's a pop special. The guy plays both sides of the floor. I don't have any idea why they trade him. I think he's a great pickup. The thing is, what I'm expecting, if Marcus Smart is ruled out, I think Derek White is going to be so ridiculously owned because everybody is just like goo-goo over Derek White, what he means to Boston now, how he's, a, you know, the final piece. Uh, you've heard all this stuff. So I think, you know, just from an ownership standpoint, I'm going to be watching that closely because, uh, you know, at 5'8", that is a great price. And if he's starting, it's very tempting. But uh, I don't think he's going to deserve to be, you know, 50% owned or whatever insanity will will follow if Smart's out. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not crazy about this game at all. You know, the tough part about Detroit, usually when you have a really crappy team, there's one or two guys that are just carrying the load. But guess what? It's, it's just not that way right now. I mean, you've got the return of Grant, so he's doing all right. Sadiq Bey throws in some big games. Their best player, in my opinion, Kate Cunningham still, you know, getting his rookie feet about him, but has some some big games, you know, and then you've got some vets like Corey Joseph, Isaiah Stewart has some decent. So it's not I mean, they're sharing the ball. They're trying to grow and build a team there. They're mixing Killian Hayes and Bagley and Diallo in there. So they're just not very good for DFS at this moment, in my opinion. Uh, so this game is more than likely going to be a full pass if I cannot get sucked into the vortex known as Derek White. Yeah, I, and I'm not that stoked to play Derek White in this uh, in this team if he's sharing minutes with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Um, you know, at best, he's the third guy in terms of uh, of uh, scoring, potentially usage. And then there's right. a chance, you know, when Robert Williams clicks, he could be fourth. So uh, if, Jay, Jay, you know, Derek White with the Spurs in, in several spots starts without the Jante, showed his pure point guard ability. Uh, I don't know that that would be the case here. You see Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown bring the ball up court. So, um, yeah, yeah if, if ownership was too aggressive on an 11-game say, I'd certainly look the other way and uh, hope that uh, we don't get ceiling outcomes out of uh, this 216 total 12-point spread game. Yeah, if that's what sinks me, so be it. I, that's just not the game for me. All right, man, third 7.30 game, Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks. Poor Brooklyn Nets, man. They are, You talk about tanking. It's, a, it's unbelievable. 11, 11 or 12 losses in a row. It's nuts. Uh, it's the Knicks minus four and a half uh, at home against Brooklyn, 217 and a half total, 106 and a half implied for Brooklyn, 111 uh, for the wonderful New York Knicks. Brooklyn comes in 30 and 27. They were in first in the East at one point. 
Knicks are 25 and 33. What a disastrous year for Tibbs. Um, Injury-wise, Duran, Harris, Irving, and Simmons out. Barrett, Noel, and Rose out for the Knicks. Um, uh, Brooklyn comes in with the 10th pace. Knicks, slowest team in the league, so it's always hard in their games to get fired up to roster too many people. Uh, it is the first night of a back-to-back for Brooklyn uh, on top of everything else, so fun for them. Island game for the Knicks. Defensively, not bad. Brooklyn's 18th, and the Knicks are 13th. So, you know, fairly slow pace because of the Knicks. Not uh, th- that bad a defense. Teams going in the wrong direction. This just this game is just such a muddled mess, man. Is Do you have interest in this game? Do you think it stays close enough? Uh, you know, it should with the spread, but who knows? These teams are so bad. I have a little bit of interest. Uh, I think okay. Julius Randle is standing out to me uh, as potentially one of the the, the best plays on the slate. Wow, uh, he he has uh, put together a huge stretch of of upside games. My early projections had him as a top three scorer on the entire slate for fantasy points. Nice. Uh, he's going against a front court that really should not slow him down at all. Um, you know, Drummond's notorious for his size, but defensively. It's kind of a, a guy you can get behind and score on, and we're not running from anywhere else in this front court, LaMarcus Aldridge, and I don't think James Johnson's going to get enough minutes for me to be uh, too scared. Julius Randle right now, live to play 38-plus minutes. You look at his last couple games, uh, he's been you know 40 minutes or greater last game with the overtime, but 37-plus yeah. on the competitive game is a realistic outcome, and he's looking a lot more like last year Julius Randle, and a, a big boost for him is the absence of R.J. Barrett, who could be second on the team in uh, usage and compete for first on the team in minutes. So just that much more opportunity without R.J. Barrett uh, and those many minutes. I'm definitely investing in some Julius Randle exposure tonight. Uh, And then Mitchell Robinson is a curious click. He could be a a price pivot to maybe Clint Capella at 5,900 on DraftKings. No Nerlens Noel, it looks like. So uh, maybe close to 30 minutes coming his way. And you saw what he can do against a team like the Thunder, uh, the Nets, you know, a team he should be outsizing and permitted his production uh, is very, very um, nice. Uh, and Quentin Grimes, I guess you can justify him on DK. I'm not as warm and fuzzy on that one, but I think Julius Randle has a real shot here. On the other side, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, you know, one of those New York games, so we don't get Kyrie Irving uh, in the mix yeah. here. And both of those guys uh, showed that they could coexist, but Seth Curry was the one I was most intrigued with uh, in his debut for the uh, for the, the Nets. Uh, 18 shot attempts, uh, five assists, and a bunch of uh, boards to boot. He dropped almost 40 fantasy points, so I might be willing to to go back to him here uh, and uh, hope that he keeps this game close. We know, you know, the Knicks are slow of a pace that they they run. They do kind of funnel opponents to uh, shoot some threes because they shoot some threes. Uh, so I, I uh, Knicks allow what, a top 10 amount of uh, three uh, points via the three ball. And we know yeah. Seth Curry, Patty Mills, those are two guys that are going to score uh, pretty efficiently from from three ball. Seth Curry, I think, one of the most accurate shooters in the league over the course of the last couple of years. So uh, I know St- uh, Seth gets a lot of credit, but Steph's kind of underrated, or S- Steph gets a lot Vice of credit. Versa. Seth, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Andre Drummond drew the start, and I didn't know what to do because they do have an embarrassment of riches uh, in, a, in a sense in that front court. 
um, with Blake Griffin, with LaMarcus Aldridge, with James Johnson, with Darren Sharp, with Nicholas Claxton. Like there is way too many mouths to feed. And uh, I think what we're going to see is a couple of DNPs here, a couple of uh, rests there in the first night of uh, Steve Nash showing his, his hand in terms of this rotation. Drummond did play just 24 minutes. Uh, Aldridge played 19 minutes. Blake yeah. Griffin played three. It was essentially a couple minutes in the second quarter, nothing else. Um, Daron Sharp played the final minute, so he was probably on pace to be in T a DMP, uh, but uh, came in and, and mopped up with the garbage crew uh, and then uh, didn't have any uh, Nick Claxton. So, I guess if that's going to be the indication here, it's going to be an extremely volatile uh, front court un unless we get specific notes that X and Y are out. But you know, Drummond at 6K is just waiting to break a slate. So I, I don't know. I might uh, He might just be one of those guys I stuff in the back end of a player pool and have some exposure to. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like this is going to be like a 35-minute Drummond uh at least not after night one. So we'll have to see on that. But, yeah, you can give me Julius Randle, and I'll, I'll probably be pretty happy about it. Yeah, no, it's a good take, and I, I like your your uh, uh, fervor over Randle here. I mean, he certainly can be a slate breaker, and he ha he has shown uh, an uptick in just effort and, and consistency here of late. So something flipped the switch for him. So I, I get that. I, you know, his price is a little high though. Nine seven on DraftKings is a little intimidating to me, but I, I do see a path to that. You know, I just there's a lot of guys. I don't want my my night to be sunk on these crappy Nets and Knicks. Sorry, listeners, for any Nets and Knicks fans, but I've watched Patty Mills sink a lineup or two for me recently. He's been terrible. I don't know if he's just gassed or what the deal is, but. He has not put a good game together here in a while. Curry's going to be the guy everybody races to. He's the shiny new object, you know, similar to like Derek White. Everybody's going to say, oh, man, he's <clears throat> he's going to keep them in this. He's the game, the guy. He's a fair price. And I get it. 5-7, though, it's not a giveaway free square. And I don't want him gigantically owned. So I'm watching ownership on that. I just don't trust the rest of these guys, uh, Gun. I mean... I know Drummond can break a slate and his points per minute are insane, but you know, I don't know with LaMarcus Aldridge and James Johnson, they're going to want to play all these guys. They're going to need to be checking Randall. I mean, Ed Edwards can't guard Randall. So they're going to have to play James Johnson some, and maybe even Blake somebody to, to try to bang on Randall. But what it does is it just mixes a pot of just junk. I, I don't see, any consistency that makes me feel on a cash lineup that I feel good plugging in anybody. Now I will use Drummond <clears throat> somewhere, maybe GPP wise, because again, you, you know, he could have a 60 point game. You never know, but all in all, I don't trust the Nets. The Knicks, you know, it's a little bit different here. I could have some exposure here for several reasons. Uh, Brooklyn's defense of late has been just a joke. And if you look at their lineup, it's just horrible. And so Quentin Grimes at 4-1, I think, is a decent play. They haven't adjusted his price enough. He's been extremely active. He's been making his number by a lot. And he's also a plus-plus defender. That's where he got the initial uh, start because he can defend. And I think he'll be on Curry 
And I know you're not big on the who's guarding who thing, but for me, I think it, it can make a bit of a shift in, uh, you know, whether they get 6X or just barely 5X. So it, it's a difference to me. So, uh, you know, I do like Grimes, I think, at that price until they adjust it. He should be the way he's playing mid fives at this point. He really should because he's had three, three, four games in a row, you know, where he's he's smacked his, his low number. Um, after that, though, I, I do agree that Randall and then Mitchell Robinson, I, I, I think at 5'9", Drummond is a terrible defender. I mean, there's no doubt. And any other interior defense that the Nets use are going to be geared towards Randall. So it could create another game just like the last one was for Mitchell. And at 5'9", a cheap center spot like that, you could get some great, uh, you know, some great numbers, especially the fact that Noel's not there to take any of those minutes. So I'm with you. I think I'll have some Knicks, uh, some Knicks players here, but I just, I am really down on the nets and they just look like they're going backwards fast. Yeah. Uh, just remember the Oklahoma city thunder were able to do 127 points with Josh Giddy and Trey Mann combining for almost 60 real points. So, uh, if they can let the thunder pop, man, I think, uh, the on night as possible for these nets. That's a great point. Great point. All right, let's go on to the eight o'clock games. There are four of them gun. So we got a long ways to go here. I hope everybody's buckling in and, and getting ready for this one. Toronto Raptors, Minnesota Timberwolves. So we have a tiny spread here. Toronto by one nice total 229. Good implies both sides. 115 for Durant, Toronto. 114 for Minnesota. Toronto comes in 31 and 25 and Minnesota 31 and 27. So two teams with good playoff aspirations. We do have big news that we need from both sides. Enormous news. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, questionable. Anthony Edwards, questionable. So that changes the entire rotations, usage, et cetera. Uh, So we need that news. If you're going to be looking to focus in or out with these guys, make sure you're setting yourself up self up for some late swap because we probably won't have that news at lock, but you have 9 million games to set up some late swap, so it shouldn't be a, uh, an issue. Really, those are the only two guys of substance with any designations. Everybody else is back for these two teams, which isn't always the best thing for us in DFS because – what it does is it puts, uh, you know, a little usage splits with a lot of people. But uh, statistically speaking here, Toronto is super slow, 29th, second slowest team to the Knicks in the league, and Minnesota second. So massive pace up for Toronto, which is rings a huge bell when you see that type of a difference. Uh, that certainly is going to allow many more possessions and DFS points ability here for the uh, Raptors. As far as defensively, though, you've got dead mid middle of the pack here. Toronto 14, Minnesota 16. So they're not bad defensively, but nothing you have to just uh, smash home here. So second night of a back-to-back for Minnesota, and they played a good game yesterday, an intense game. Uh, Toronto, it is an island game, so an advantage there. So very interested here are, first of all, I guess, when you're doing your initial projections, what do you think about the chances of Van Vliet and Edwards playing, or are they just 50-50? 
Uh, I'm going to lean out for both. Edwards didn't play the entire second half yesterday, so hard to fathom him coming back the next night of a back-to-back with the All-Star break impending. And then Fred Van Vliet did not go through shoot around today, so probably a sign that he's closer out than in. So uh, early on, I'd probably brace myself for those two to be out. And if that happens, we can certainly sink our teeth into Cat, uh, D-Russ as uh, elevated usage guys, and then uh, even Patrick Beverly a little bit more uh, uh, cheese on his taco, as you was, as yeah. I don't know why, not as you would say, but as some would say. Uh, and then if uh, Fred Van Vliet doesn't play, we've seen them run a lineup that uh, essentially has Gary Trent and Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Siakam all move up uh, and throw in a precious Achua or somebody in that front court. Maybe they run that here uh, against the T-Wolves. And if that happens, uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr. is 6,100 on DraftKings. Certainly be somebody I'd be looking at in terms of a real point boost. Uh, and then I do believe that the um, the uh, ball handling goes a little bit more into Fred, uh, Pascal Siakam's hands. And I'm running a, a search right now to yeah. uh, validate that statement. Yeah, Siakam. Trent, Trent, Trent and Siakam should handle the ball the most. Uh, looks like Siakam has a 27% assist rate in this split without Fred Van Vliet, a 28% usage rate. Uh, so that 27% assist rate is miles ahead of everyone else. Uh, so yeah, you might see him bringing up the ball, uh, bringing up the ball up court a little bit more. And then we love the Raptors because they will give minutes and minutes and minutes and more minutes to their starters. Uh, so if you can get to 37 to 40 implied minutes of Gary Trent Jr. 6,100 on DraftKings. Pascal Siakam under 10K on both sides against a top two pace team and a porous defense with a 230 total. You just throw a blanket over it and hope you get uh, all of the fantasy points. So I'm going to be all over this game. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's one of those spots that Van Vliet and Edwards was in. I really wouldn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, I expect somebody to pop, but th- there's a, a several ranges of outcomes. But I do think we can sharpen our knife a little bit and uh, expect no Van Vliet, no Edwards. And uh, in that scenario, we definitely have a, a stronger lean on, on Siakam, Trent, and uh, probably Carnegie Towns here for me. So I'm going to like this game a lot. I'm uh, hoping Edwards and Van Vliet are out. But uh, like I said, I think there's enough evidence out there to suggest that uh, they they seem to be closer to out than in. I agree, man. I In my projections, I have them both out for right now. But again, it would change my lineups dramatically if they were in. So I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> I, I love this game. This game pops for me as well. Um, <clears throat> I like three Toronto guys a ton here. I like Trent at 6-1. I like Ananobi at 6. I like that price in this matchup. I, I see a real good ceiling game coming from Ananobi. He's one of my favorite plays and sneaky. He's not going to be high owned. People are going to want to go to the other Toronto guys a lot. So big star around him for me. I also like, I agree with you on Siakam completely. Uh, the softball was there for you. Absolutely. I think he's not only will he handle the ball, bring it up and things like that. He likes to just keep the ball and back people down and never pass it at times. So if this is a close game, like it's expected to be, uh, you know, Cat's not a great defender. They'll probably try to play Vanderbilt on him a little bit, but I, I think Siakam's going to be a tough play. And at 9-3, I think it, it's fair. I would rather pay that than the 10K for Towns on the second night of a back-to-back. They have a tendency to not push Towns over the limit, especially when they have a, an adept backup in Nas Reed, who will probably get 
a few extra minutes tonight uh, with it being the second night of a back-to-back. So a couple of Raptors for me will definitely be in my lineup and key to, to the success of it. But as far as running it back on the other side, I really think D'Angelo Russell's the guy. He's 7-4. He didn't really show out completely like he could have last night. I think, you know, the fact that Ant, if he is out from the very beginning, uh, it always produces more usage for Russell. He's going to get more shots up. And, uh, yeah, this this could be a real key game for me. I like the the line, uh, and I like the the setup. I think this uh, this is a good one. Yeah, I'm in uh, full agreement here. I also don't hate Patrick Beverly with his uh, new contract campaign. Uh, per minute, it's been pretty efficient. Yeah, no doubt, and his price is always good. All right, the uh, another 8 o'clock game here, San Antonio Spurs at the Oklahoma City Thunder, your favorite team, the Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> San Antonio minus 8, 218 and a half total, 113.25 implied for Spurs, 105.25 uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Spurs come in 22 and 36, the Thunder 18 and 39. Uh, we have a couple of designations here. It looks like uh, Trey Jones will be out for the Spurs. He's doubtful, but I've got him out. Then we do have a bunch of guys out for the Thunder. Dort, SGA, Jerome, Muscala, JRE, and Kenrich Williams. So that's why people have been going to some of the Thunder players and having some success because their bench is actually tightened down a little bit and they're getting some more minutes from people. So we'll see how that affects things uh, in what you got, what you think on this one gun. But as far as statistically, we've got Spurs playing pretty quick at seventh thunder 20th defensively. Uh, we've got San Antonio 19th in the league, the thunder, the reason they've stayed in some games, they are 11th and they're scrappy defensively. So what do you think? It's, this is going to be a real low under the radar kind of game. Do you have any interest here? Um, actually, I, I, the Thunder are coming in as the highest owned team on the slate right now. And it's because of how short they are. Uh, right. You know, Lou Dort, SGA, that in itself represents two of their you know starters, 30 to 35 minutes there. And then some of their supplementary plays that have been stepping up in you know the absence of Dort, SGA, Guy like Ty Jerome, 19 minutes in that last game. Kenrich Williams, uh, a, a guy that has been soaking up a significant amount of minutes in that Knicks game. Kenrich Williams saw 27 minutes of action. So uh, you yeah. maybe take five minutes away from overtime, but there are uh, they're running out of bodies to play yeah. minutes. So in, in DFS, you know, we got that saying minutes equal money. And this is a Thunder team that's going to give you a lot of minutes at not so much money. Uh, I believe I saw Aaron Wiggins was the highest owned player on the slate right now. And he's wow. almost bare bones min price on FanDuel. He yeah. is bare bones min price on DraftKings. Uh, yeah. And he could play 35 plus minutes here. And, uh, you know, at 3K, you ain't got to do a whole lot. And uh, against the San Antonio Spurs, you mentioned uh, it's a pace up spot for them. And then the Spurs defense takes a little bit of a hit without Derek White in this lineup. So uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a whole lot of high expectations for the Thunder's uh, offensive uh, prowess, but uh, minutes are minutes, and we're going to get a lot of minutes at a pretty cheap price here. So I do like it. Um, I do understand why ownership is on Wiggins like the way it is right now. And Trey right. Mann just showed us that he could drop 30 real points. And then Josh Giddy, if he's going to be off of this minute restriction, they gave him a couple games of 30 minutes. Uh, and then the last two games, he exceeded that 30 minutes. Um, 
I think uh, Giddy without SGA, without Dort against the Spurs team that has bled fantasy points to opposing guards. And Giddy's got uh, kind of a quasi DeJounte Murray type of a game where he just stuffs the stat sheet. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested in Giddy. It feels like it's a hard price to pay for, uh, but 40 plus fantasy points is a very reasonable range of outcomes. Maybe the $7,200 price point of FanDuel, a little bit more uh, welcoming. Uh, and then Darius Baisley, big minutes for him the last couple of uh, uh, games. That front court depleted. Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Mike Muscala uh, out. They uh, DFA'd or, or fired, waved, whatever you call it, Diakete. Uh, and it's essentially just Roby, Derek Favors, uh, Baisley, and Pakusevsky. Uh, and uh, we don't expect big minutes out of Favors more often than not. So uh, Baisley's been a guy that's been filling a lot of the minutes. And I probably expect uh, Darius Baisley to, if not lead the team in minutes, be a top two, top three minute yeah. guy and uh, probably play 35 plus minutes. And per minute, he's just been kind of getting it done 40 fantasy points in three straight games. I do think, you know, we take a couple of fantasy points off of him from that last game, but against the Spurs, uh, it's going to be a pace up spot with 35 plus minutes. I think basically Giddy uh, make a lot of sense. Trey Man makes sense. And then Aaron Wiggs at that price, unfortunately, is going to make a lot of sense as well. So uh, it's yeah. going to be. One of those uh, type of situations where you didn't wake up today to play some thunder, but uh, sometimes the price, the minutes, and the and the the math, the algorithm, the robots do the thinking for you, and they'll the profile. Beauty of DFS, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and then if I'm going to be invested in the thunder, man, Dejounte Murray without Derek White, he's uh, and we are back in OKC, man. He's reminding me a lot of vintage Russell Westbrook in terms of his game logs. Uh, day-to-day triple-double threat every time he touches the court. Uh, So 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 fantasy points, certainly something that's in his wheelhouse. I've got him for about 50 right now. And in my early run projections, that came in as a top five fantasy projection on the slate. We're talking names like Jokic, Julius Randle, Trey Young, LeBron James. And then there's DeJounte Murray, and he's kind of earned his keep uh, at this price. The the thing is, we're not getting a bargain on him, uh, but the bigger the slate, the more the value, the easier it is to go get these raw point juggernauts, and uh, maybe it won't be that hard to get DeJounte Murray, especially with a positively correlated Aaron Wiggins in the same game, offsetting it uh, at a essentially mid-price. So, uh, yeah, there are some uh, cl- uh, clicks to like. I definitely wish we could get these Thunder Minutes at a lot less ownership, though. Yeah, uh, they're definitely going to be over-owned, but there's no denying some of the value there. I'm I'm with you completely. I mean, let's face it, Aaron Wiggins, he's not a bad ball player either. He's got some game, and he's going to get the minutes. I mean, he's almost to the point of calling him a free square, don't you think? I, yeah, if it's I, hard to, but yeah. yeah, if you think he can push 30, then his probability of being optimal, especially in a multi position eligibility site like uh, uh, like DraftKings, is, is pretty doggone high. And it is, I, the I, early, I, mean, I think he, the money minute versus you know, equals minutes deal. I mean, he can back into eight, eight, nine X here at a 3K min price. So Yeah, I I think, though, what a lot of people are going to do, and you can call me crazy here, but a lot of people are going to immediately think exactly what you said, the psychology of I'm going to put DeJounte Murray and Aaron Wiggins in my lineup. That equals it out, and it's not as painful paying that big price for Murray. Mm -hmm. Murray is fantastic. I love him, but I don't know if I can go 11K in in a game like this. I mean, it's a paced down game for them. Thunder don't play super fast. I just, I think 
Murray's going to still be owned pretty decently, even at that big fat number, just because of that psychological aspect of being able to take Wiggins at the min on the other side. So I'm looking more as this, this is my uh, way to get pay up on at least two guys, maybe even a, a mid price on a third by playing a guy I think is decent here. Devin Vassell at only 5k. He's really taken over the starters role with Derek White leaving. And he's, yes, he's volatile. It's, it's a pop team, et cetera, but it is an Island game for them. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, he has a, he could have a decent, uh, decent showing. Um, and he's cheap. Uh, he's the one guy I'm looking at. And then on, on the Thunder side, the question is, do you pay up for Giddy? Uh, certainly has the potential uh, to smash the slate, but he is going to get DeJounte Murray defense. I think DeJounte is a first or second team all defensive uh, player in this league. So I don't know. I think Trey Mann has now shown over uh, several games that he's the real deal. And with no Ty Jerome on his heels trying to steal some minutes at 4-9, I think Mann could be the great play. And then Wiggins maybe is a free square. I do agree with you on Baisley. He is the one interior guy that I've liked all season for the Thunder. He's their best, I think, their best interior player by far. So, man, I could I could stack up some value with like a Vassell at five, a man at four, nine, a Wiggins at three, and just have Fat City on salary for the other buy-up guys. Crazy. No, I I don't think that would be a contrarian or super contrarian approach either. At least on the Thunder side, I I show uh, Aaron Wiggins at forty five to fifty percent ownership right now on on DraftKings. Yeah, it's I don't nuts. know how you get away from from it. I mean, literally, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get away from. And they're short they're short staffed. So, yeah, key game on the slate. Even though it's uh, you know people Spurs Thunder. You know, they're not going to look at it first, but then when they see ownership and see the value here, uh, it's it's just undeniable. Yeah. All right, Chief. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, we have two more 8 o'clock games left, not only uh, more games from there. This one's got a lot of interest, too. Sacramento at Chicago. Chicago's only favored by five, which is a small number, uh, 232 and a half. 113.75 for Sacramento, <clears throat> 118.75 uh, for the wonderful team of the Chicago Bulls. Sacramento comes in 22 and 37. Chicago, 16 games over 537 and 21. Questionable tag on Jeremy Lamb. We know Terrence Davis is out with wrist surgery. The only questionable tag on the Chicago side is Javante Green. He did play the other day after a questionable tag, so we'll see where he goes, but he does have a lingering injury. We know Ball, Caruso, Levine, and Williams are out. So this game takes on a little bit of a different twist with, again, the second time a low spread. I was expecting eight, eight and a half, and it's five. So uh, you got to explain that one to me, Gunn. But Sacramento comes in with the uh, eighth fastest pace, Chicago 17th. Defensively, Sacramento second worst in the league at 29th. And you've got Chicago at 20th. So even though everybody thinks they're a good defensive team, they're not that great defensively. So this game could have some teeth to it. But first of all, did you expect a five-point spread here? No, but I, I, the the anchors of their defense being Lonzo Ball, 
uh, Alex Caruso, uh, those guys being out definitely are a significant impact. Levine, not not as much, uh, um, but yeah, they've been involved with a lot of but those uh, dudes offensive. have been out for for month. So you yeah, would think I, just, that would have been is their last like great on ball defender. I, I just think any team that puts you know, 35 minutes on the, on their starters. And the, the gas tank's not going to last that long. So yeah, uh, def, definitely could see some holes. And then their front court is so small um, that, uh, you know, DeRozan can't guard a lot of these power forwards he's going up against and Javon no. Tigerman as well. So I, I definitely think that's taken a hit to their defense. That makes sense. What do you, what do you like here? Uh, so on the King side with Sabonis and Darren Fox being the new look uh, one-two punch for for the uh, for the Sacramento team, uh, Fox has sustained a 34% usage rate, while Sabonis has a 26% usage rate, a 30 plus percent defense uh, uh, rebound uh, rate, and a 22% wow. assist rate. Uh, so you could put those two together for. Over a fantasy point per minute, and in some bonuses, Kate over a 1.2 fantasy points per minute. Uh, and the thing with Fox is he's going to uh, be a pure scoring point guard, he doesn't uh, diss as well. Uh, we've seen some bonus do more facilitating, uh, but 20 right. plus shot attempts are near Fox is certainly a realistic range of outcomes for him 18, 21, 20, 22 shot attempts in his last uh, couple of games. So I don't mind looking his way, I just hate that he's becoming more scoring dependent than not. I need some more peripherals to feel like I'm getting a great deal on 11 game slate. So bonus, I am interested in uh, this is a guy that could be a 10k plus player. I do have. Uh, uh, some uncomfortable feelings about the Kings uh, and in their front court rotation, the way they've treated all year. Uh, they did trade away, you know, Marvin Bagley, Tristan Thompson to help us feel a little bit better. Uh, and I don't, uh, I don't expect the team to go trade for a guy like Sabonis not to play him. So I'm going to plant, you know, 34 minutes on the projection. That's going to give me uh, over 45 fantasy points on, on FanDuel. So something I can get behind the bull side, a little bit more intriguing to me because I have some sample size on this split. Uh, without Levine, without Lonzo Ball, without Alex Caruso. We know uh, DeMar DeRozan, he's going to score all of the real points, uh, most of them in the fourth quarter. And then Vucevic is also going to contribute um, pretty mightily. Uh, and he has been somebody that I've been leaning on quite a bit in this split, over a, you know, a buck and a quarter fantasy point per minute. Uh, last couple outings for him, 50-plus fantasy points in uh, games without Zach Levine. And we've seen him score as much as 70 fantasy points his last six or seven games. So Sacramento, you know, the season stats may be a little bit misleading because of uh, them shaking up their roster a little bit. But I still don't project them to be elite defensively. Uh, and this uh, Vegas total over 230, I'm going to have to get guys that are projected to be 35-minute guys at almost 30% usage rate. So Vooch and DeRozan certainly in the mix for me. Uh, Desumu fouled out in that last outing, uh, had a horrendous start. I was sweating his, his, Tell me about uh, yeah. and, but, but then in that second quarter, he, he, he started breathing some life, uh, in, into, into his minutes here. And we know he has the ability to be, uh, you know, flirting with 10 assists and, uh, uh, pick up some defensive, uh, peripherals. So if he stays out of foul trouble here, he's live to play up to 40 minutes and, you know, with minutes equal money, you're going to get 6k. Uh, 40 minutes in a 232 total. Uh, I'm going to have to be an investor of that. And another thing going against the sumo in that game 
was Kobe White caught fire early on, could not miss, uh, ended up uh, cooling off a little bit in the second half, but took away some of that first half production. Uh, and he's also been doing a little bit of the ball handling, but I, I definitely will have a lot of bulls scattered into my uh, exposure tonight. Uh, and I think I'll probably rank them, you know, Vooch and, and DeRozan up there and then it kind of uh, spin the wheel on DeSumo and White. And I might get a little bit more DeSumo just because his peripherals game to game probably going to be a little bit higher than Kobe White. But when Kobe White catches fire, he catches fire. Sacramento on the season have been really bad at uh, guarding points in the paint. Vucevic is a guy that can stretch the floor, but he can get points in the paint as well. Um, and Sabonis, you know, even when he was with Indiana, not somebody I was running from. So I, I do like this game. I like this total. A little bit pricier to game stack uh, versus some of the earlier games we talked about in terms of game stacking, like the Pacers game, the Thunder game, uh, but certainly uh, some merit in, in doing so. I think it's a great, great call there. And, and you know, for me, I'm going to immediately be burning some of that cash that I uh, salary I saved in the Spurs Thunder game because I do like some payups here with you. I think <clears throat> I'm just amazed at, at how DeMar DeRozan has been playing. I mean, this is the best I think he's ever played in his career and he's getting pretty old. So, I mean, he's in the MVP conversation way behind. I know Embiid and the Joker, but at least he's in the conversation. When have you ever been able to say that about mm -hmm. DeMar DeRozan at the All-Star break? So he has been fantastic. He is very expensive, but he could just absolutely destroy again here. This is an island game for them, and I'm very tempted because I think because of that price, I don't think his ownership is going to be very high. And, uh, you know, 65, 68 is, is not out of the question in a high-scoring, high, higher-paced game here. So I, I do like DeRozan. <clears throat> I, I agree with you. I like DeSunmu better than White. That last game for DeSunmu, you could sort of scratch. It was a nightmare game for the reasons you said, foul trouble. White was was chucking. And I think DeSunmu, is the fact that he's cheaper than White is a little surprising to me because he'll get you some stocks. And he's got to be on the floor to defend De'Aaron Fox. He's the guy that's going to have to keep him in check. So DeSunmo, DeRozan are the guys for me on that side. I know Vuk's tough and been playing great. And, you know, I just, you can't really go DeRozan and Vuk here. So you got to make a decision. But I do agree with you, Vuk's a nice play. I, I like Sabonis. I, I think he has a chip on his shoulder. You know, everybody's still talking that they got fleeced. And we've talked about this several times. But it's worth mentioning because I think it's still resonating with Sabonis. You know, everybody says, how do you give up Hal Burton? Well, Sabonis, as you read his numbers, he's a tremendous player. He's a great rebounder. He's one of the best passers, probably second in the league to the Joker as far as passing big men, and uh, he could score the ball. So I, I love the fact that he's south of 9K, and if he stays in the eights, he's a guy that I'm going to plug in because I don't see how he doesn't get to uh, to his number here with, with the minutes he's going to play. Vuk's not a good defender. Let's face it. He's a great offensive player, but he's just very, uh, you know, average defensively. So it could be a big spend for me here if I do go DeRozan Sabonis. Uh, but DeSunmu, I have a lot of interest in as well. And then uh, I think I'm going to shy from Fox just because, you know, I think DeSunmu is one of the best perimeter young defenders in the league. And if he's, it's impossible to, to slow down Fox completely because he's so fast. But at least if he, you know, has him put on the brakes a little bit, uh, I think that might be a good way to go.
Makes sense. Yeah, and a little extra nugget here. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo recently acquired by the Kings. He uh, he had a five still game against Brooklyn. Uh, obviously, five still a little bit anomalic, but we do know that per minute he can kind of produce the under four K. Davion Mitchell just got downgraded a question with a hand, uh, and that would uh, probably boost some expected minutes for DiVincenzo, and maybe he can curtain call this twenty seven. Uh, also, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, doubtful. Okay, very good. Uh, if DiVincenzo somehow gets the start, I'm immediately very interested. I think he's a better player than Justin Holiday. I, I think it's a matter of time before he takes that position. So let's keep an eye on that because if DiVincenzo gets a starting spot at 3-9, it's a steal. And with if he's starting regularly, that price will be over 5K before he can blink. So that's somebody that, that's a good point there. So much appreciated. Well, we're finally to the last eight o'clock game, Gun. It's mm. the Portland Trail Blazers and Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis minus 11 and a half, 228 and a half total, 108 and a half implied for Portland. A fat 120 for the Grizz. You got to love when you get that 120 number in there. Portland's 24 and 34. Grizzlies 41 and 18. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, to that extent at the beginning of the year. It is the second night of a back-to-back, though. And Mr. John Moran, I don't know if you've heard of him, Gun, but yeah. that dude is questionable. So that shakes the, the bucket there. Uh, Pons and Tillman questionable. We know Brooks has been out. For Portland, it's the guys out. Bledsoe, Johnson, Lillard, Luzada. I've set him out every day for whatever team he's traded to. It doesn't matter. He's always out and Smith are also out. So a little thinner bench there than they've had in the past could could change some things in this game. Uh, Portland's 19th in pace, Memphis is third. So, you know, they are pushing it up and down, and they're one of the few teams in the league that are in the top 10, both in pace and defense. That's a hard thing to do in the NBA. Memphis is seventh, but Portland is a lousy 27th and giving up points in bunches. That's why you have this 120 total implied for Memphis. But again, that's I think that number is assuming Jaw's going to play. So the first big question for you is: Do you have Jaw in or out in your initial projections? And uh, does this game register for you as a key play game? So I, I uh, projected Jaw to be in for now, uh, okay. just to be safe. Uh, if he can't go with Tyus Jones, you know, we'd run that right back. But right now I got I'm I'm expecting Jaw to be in, uh, but you never know. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Tyus was out of his stinking mind last night, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was he was 80% owned and uh you know 20% of people paid the rake. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So what what do you think? Is anybody playable on Portland with the shorter bench now? Or are you Josh Hart guy? I I, he looks so good lately, man. So, man, Memphis is it's not quite on the Boston levels, but defensively, they they're a little bit unsung, man. They they've put together a really good scrappy uh, defense, have. and I actually think that their defense is better without John Morant. Oh, uh, no question. So, yeah. so if John Morant was out, uh, I certainly wouldn't have one spot that I thought was super exploitable. I do think Josh Hart's talented enough at sixty four hundred. Uh, he can go in there and uh, get you a, a chip in a chair for 40 fantasy points. And then Justice Winslow, a little bit of revenge game uh, flavor. He has been putting together some really big games for them. 
Um, so like if they landed in my player pool, I certainly wouldn't uh, hate life, I guess, in, in uh, pre and post flop, maybe post flop, but pre flop, it would be justifiable. Uh, but for the most part, I'm not running to, to get exposure to the blazer side. Uh, if John Brandt was in, I would be a little bit more open to Anthony Simons. Uh, he has shown a little bit of upside. And I think the Fandle side is a little bit more comfortable 6,900 versus 7,900. Uh, but I'm not uh, I'm not tier wanting the Blazers. And then on the Grizzly side, you know, depending on John Morant, John Morant's out. Obviously, we're going right back to Tyus Jones. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, might be a lock button or a lock washer, right? Huh? Hey, lock washer, man. You got it. You got uh, and, it. <laughs> and then uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I would have a lot of interest in as well. And then I, I definitely would be interested in Desmond Bain. Kind of underwhelmed me yesterday with his uh, uh, end result. He was um, not good yesterday. I had him, and I was not a happy camper. Yeah. What happened? Did you watch that any of that game? Uh, yeah. Tyus Jones was doing a lot of the real scoring, which is not what I expect from Tyus Jones. He had like 27, 30 points, something like that. Yeah, out of his uh, mind. And Desmond Bain couldn't stay out of foul trouble. He actually ended up fouling out in 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Typically, Desmond Bain's usage rate is going to be top two without John Morant. Uh, right. Sometimes top two with John Morant. So I, I, I have uh, hope. I, I can forget right that goldfish memory. I think uh, the the range of outcomes for thirty plus fantasy points is here. I would say on uh, on DraftKings, we talked about Fred VanVleet potentially not playing tonight. Didn't go through shoot around. Uh, sixty one hundred Gary Trent would probably just soak up a lot of that area and ownership for True. me. It'd be three hundred dollars cheaper than Desmond Bain, so maybe I don't run it back. But uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like a, 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 a overreaction to last night. I would just kind of prefer Trent at that area if I had to choose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. None of the bigs from the Grizz give you any uh, action. I, again, if uh, John Morant's out, I'm in on Jaron Jackson. Um, I haven't been playing Steven Adams. It feels like every time I look up, he's flirting with a triple-double somehow. I, I don't know. what. <laughs> yeah, he's gotten the fountain of youth lately. I mean, he's put some big games up there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I probably don't, you know, put it into action. But we didn't no. know. And I, as soon as, you know, as soon as you play Adams, it's going to be one of his 20-minute games of 14 DFS points. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm with you, man. You read my mind on Portland. The two guys that I have interest in are Hart and Winslow. Just, you know, a little revenge game for Winslow. But he's no joke now. 6K on DraftKings. What the heck? Uh, it was much more fun to play Winslow at 3-3 the other day. But uh, Josh Hart at 6-9 is still fair. I think he's, you know, he's a leader. I really am impressed with his level of play. I think he's the best play for me on the Portland side at that price because it saves you a thousand from from simons but uh i i'm with you on bain i mean i'm gonna go back to the well probably tonight i think six four is just too cheap a lot of times he is the second option to jaw and if jaw's out you're you know tyus jones is is a great guy to run back at his price but he's not going to throw that coming kind of point scoring up that he did yesterday so uh Bain's going to be a really strong play for me if Jaw sits. If if uh, Jaw plays, then uh, I'll probably back off at uh, just like you with a, a Gary Trent or someone at that position to fill that role. But I I am thinking this game has a great potential to blow out. And I know go ahead and yell at your screen or your phone or your computer wherever you're watching this. You know, don't let 
people always have a heart attack when I predict blowouts and, and I'm a game scripter, man. And that's just the way I do it with DFS. And I just think Memphis smacks them. Whether or not Jaw plays is not that big of a difference to me. Portland is on the downslide. They're playing all this, you know, different guys, minutes and new combinations and youngsters. Memphis is a well-oiled machine right now, whether Jaw's in there or not. If you remember earlier in the season, they ripped off, ripped off six or seven wins in a row when Jaw was out. So, uh, you know, they have a good put together team. I think coach Jenkins is, is the most underrated coach in the league, but people are starting to notice them now. And, uh, they're just a machine out there. They have a good rotation. And I see this as being a, a 20 point game where you can lose some minutes, uh, at the end. So I'm going to be tread very lightly in this one, uh, gun. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair approach. All right, we have three games left. We're getting there, man. Nine and two ten o'clockers. So now we're getting to this late night sweat area where it's uh, the real deal. We have good numbers here total-wise for these three games. So we'll see what happens. We've got the Houston Rockets at the Phoenix Suns. So people say, what? Hey, coach, blowout city. Well, maybe Phoenix is favored by 15 and a half already. It's a 234 and a half total, 109.5 for Houston. Would you believe 125 implied for Phoenix? That is a number that is definitely eye grabbing. Houston 15 and 41. Phoenix is the best team in the league, and I'll argue that with anybody. They're 47 and 10. Uh, for Houston, Garuba and John Wall out. Why do I say that every day and waste those four <laughs> seconds of my life? Um, for Phoenix, Kaminsky, Payne, Sarich, and Shamit remain out. So you've got Houston on the first night of a back-to-back gun. You have Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. So blowout potential, guys sitting potential, all of this rolled into this question mark here, but a big fat total overall. You have Houston, the fifth fastest team, Phoenix, the sixth. So they combine for the best pace on the entire slate. Defensively, we all thrive and know that Houston's the worst in the league. They're 30th, so that is always fun. But Phoenix is third, and they have been consistently in that top five all year. So for me, this was the toughest game. I spent the most time looking on this game because I just couldn't figure out what the hell to do. Is it going to blow out? Is there going to be a minute's difference for some of these Phoenix guys on the second night? What are you doing with this game gun? Cause I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think I'll attack this game first half on some prop betting. And, uh, for the most part, I might be out on this game for DFS and hope that it does get lopsided. Um, okay. maybe, uh, you know, Phoenix has not really rested Chris Paul. Uh, they really haven't had an opportunity to because they've no. had no Cameron Payne and no Landry Shamit. Um, but if there was a shot to get the old man uh, extended rest into the All-Star break, could be here. That's what I would do. But, yeah, you know, let Chris Paul, Devin Booker go out there, do the thing. But for the most part, I think I'm going to stay away as, and uh, hope for the best. Uh, uh, like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd probably prop hunt this game. Uh, but that 15-point spread, is uh, that's a real problem. I, I'm with you. And this, this can, we can save time all the way around here. I mean, if you don't give Chris Paul a little rest in this game, and Monty Williams is the sharpest, one of the three or four sharpest coaches in the league, I just don't see him paying that 9-2 price or even Booker at 8-7. I, 
I don't feel comfortable going there. Uh, could get a lot of minutes. You know, you might score with uh, Cam Johnson at 4-1 or Torrey Craig at 4-3 or one of those guys off the bench too. So I doubt I'm going to have any exposure to this game at all. Way too volatile. If you want to take a few shots for GPP-wise, if it does stay close, there are certainly some plays that you can come up with. But I don't want any exposure to this game gun. It's that simple. Yeah, I agree. Two 10 o'clock games, double late night sweat. Get this ready. Utah Jazz, LA Lakers, Utah by five and a half, 226 and a half total. 116 implied for Utah, 110 and a half for the Los Angeles Lakers. The Jazz come in 36 and 21. Lakers 26 and 31. Uh, Rudy Gay is out for Utah. We have a questionable tag on LeBron James and a probable tag on Anthony Davis. Carmelo Anthony, Avery Bradley, Kendrick Nunn out. So, interesting game. Uh, certainly going to grab some viewership, viewership and some usage along the way. You've got um, the, the Utah Jazz 18th in pace, Lakers 4th. We know they pushed the ball. Utah 9th defensively. Lakers are 15th, so at least they're playing better defense. But, uh, man, this game has so many question marks on what's going to happen. Is LeBron playing? What's the deal here? So what is this become a, a key game for you? Or is this another uh, a little bit of fearfulness to what could happen? Because I that's how I feel. Yeah, they say there's multiple ways to skin a cat. And on this slate, I'm hoping uh, this isn't the most optimal way. Uh, so I, I'll probably be underweight. I'll probably spin the wheel on uh, some you know tertiary ownership on uh, Westbrook, LeBron, AD, but not not big ownership uh, there. The Jazz getting Rudy Gobert back definitely beefens their their uh, front court defense and their overall defense. And this has been a really good offense. I, the Lakers keep getting I want to say over respected, but they keep getting over respected by the sports books uh, and a lot of these spreads that if these were Three different names in this Lakers lineup. They probably are more than a five-and-a-half-point underdog based on uh, the advanced metrics. As the metrics tell us, the Jazz are uh, probably the best uh, offense in the league in terms of offensive efficiency. Uh, and right. with Rudy Gobert, their defensive efficiency gets even better. Uh, and the Lakers have just not been that dude. You're not that guy, pal. They have not no. been good on offense. So uh, like, I, I'm not I'm – not, having high hopes for, for the Lakers here uh, in games that do stay uh, close. LeBron James tends to put the team on his back here. He probably has a date with Royce O'Neal, uh, but that's not going to be enough to get me away from uh, the King and hope that he can uh, uh, put up some big fantasy points here late in the night as a potential late night hammer, but no, no front end, no tier ones or tier twos from the Lakers for me. And then on the jazz side, uh, I wish Donovan Mitchell was a tad bit cheaper. I feel a little bit better, but I think uh, yeah. he's the guy that probably drops, you know, 20 to 30 real points here, a couple of peripherals to boot. Um, Gobert, I'm not sold on him playing deep, deep, deep minutes just yet. Uh, second appearance since coming back, Houston game was so lopsided that, you know, he only had to play 22 minutes. And, you know, I kind of speculated in that game with so, so much time off. I think it was like three weeks, almost four weeks. Uh, yeah. I didn't think he would go straight into like 35 minutes of action. And that's kind of how I feel again today uh, with Whiteside and uh, Azubiki 
um, you know, probably chopping up uh, 25 minutes between the two and then go bear picking up the scraps. So, so I, I don't have a lot of tier ones or tier twos in the, in the Utah side either, uh, but I probably want to get some exposure to Donovan Mitchell just to say I did. And then Bojan under 6K, if this game did kind of stay uh, scrappy, there's an outcome where he drops 30 fantasy points. But again, that would be uh, a bottom end of the player pool thing. So Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James seemed the most appealing to me. And then the Utah Jazz, uh, I mentioned they are one of the best offenses in terms of efficiency. What they do is they lead the team in points via the three ball. Uh, yeah. And if uh, the opposing team has to play from behind and has to play catch up, uh, they're going to be forced to chuck threes as well. And Malik Monk is easily the best option for the Lakers uh, if they start uh, needing to play catch up. I know Taylor Horton Tucker had a, a big game lately, but he's been largely uh, inefficient. Malik Monk, somebody I can lean on a little bit uh, longer, a little bit stronger if he stays out of foul trouble. Got of foul trouble against Curry and Clay. It happens. Uh, but if he's going to play 30 minutes, I think at under 6K, maybe a couple shots of him. Uh, but generally, I'll say if I had none of this game uh, on 11 game slate, I don't think I would feel uh, too much stress. I, I feel like I'm getting more exposure to this game just for the old school late night hammer narrative. Uh, but if you're in bed, coach, you might be. Who cares? <laughs> not me, man. You know, as we were talking before the pot, I'm not a guy that grabs much sleep. I'm I'm catching all these games, and I'm in Discord with our our entire members probably till 1:32 in the morning, and I'm back at it at 6:30, 6:45. I'm just I'm lucky I don't have to get much sleep, so I get a chance to watch a lot of these games, and I am interested in this game just because of the dynamic, the way it's playing out for the Lakers. So I'll tell you one guy I do want to get to, you mentioned him and you like him a bit too, is Donovan Mitchell. I know 9K is a little scary, but, you know, I just, I think the matchup is good for him. And he's such a clutch player and he's such the go-to guy in the fourth quarter. It's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, if this game stays close, like Vegas thinks it will, you know, I think that that's still a fair enough price and it's a nice, a bull to have in the gun here for the late game. If uh, you know, you really need to fire somebody that can, can throw a big number up on the board. So I'm not worried about the fact that go bears back. I think that actually helps Mitchell and in, in a lot of ways, and you'll see some of the statistics that show that because uh, go bear is such somewhat of an invisible player offensively. He always has been other than some of those lobs he'll catch from Mitchell and Conley and Clarkson. But other than that, he really just creates a little bit better space and opens it up a little bit better for Mitchell. And I, I, I like him in this matchup. So I know I say it, I'm using my salary for the Thunder uh, savings game. Uh, I think it's gone by now, but I'm still trying to use that money. Uh, and Mitchell's one of my go-to guys here. Lakers, I just need to see the news. If, if LeBron plays, I have no interest in the game. Uh, way too pricey for Westbrook, James, and Davis together, in my opinion. If James sits, I, I like the value play of either a Malik Monk at 5-7 or a THT at 4-3, just as a last man in value guy that can balance you know, the salary hit uh, by going with Mitchell uh, on the other side. So Mitchell, you know, I know you're going to think I'm crazy here, but Mitchell is my lock washer of the day. So I think Donovan shows up for this one. It's in L.A. Uh, he's he's a primetime guy. 
he he seems to get better with the bigger the spotlight. So uh, that's where I'm going in that one. Uh, and also, you know, players, they know when they're playing LeBron James, man. They know when they're on, uh, you know, the national spotlight. They like to show up yep. show out. So I don't think it's crazy to, to be on some Donovan Mitchell tonight. And I hope the ownership stays a little lower because of that 9K tag. As stupid as it, as it is, if, even if he was 8-9, that – just to the eye, you, you you say okay, but nine it starts people start getting scared, you know. Yeah, I call that the the nine ninety nine versus ten dollar. Exactly. Uh, Join nine ninety nine coach talk and uh, run DFS. <laughs> ten dollars, no, too much. Nine ninety nine. All right, I can get in. Uh, exactly. <sighs> Speaking of that, just a couple of real quick things, and then we're going to attack this last ten ten o'clock game. If you want to join us here, we have an awesome community. It's dfscoachtalk.com. We have a Luca special right now, Gun. Uh, we threw, we rolled it out. It's seventy-seven bucks. Your full member, everything we've got until April first. A lot of people jumping on that. It allows me to put all the gifs of Luca up all the time. Eric loves it. He's loving that. So if you want to join, check us out. Uh, you can always catch us on Twitter. Uh, at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Gun, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter.com slash Gundacker, man. I don't know how I got that handle, but I did. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> I'm just check that out. And, you know, check out Gun's live streams. Uh, I know you do live streams Monday through Friday, I believe, right to 2.30 Eastern. Is that correct? uh or western yeah. yeah so 1 p.m central today for the prop show 2 p.m central for the dfs show that's you know like almost three hours of straight marathon yep. streaming it's a grind it's fantastic man i got you on in the background every day your uh bag alerts and uh <laughs> and yours and everything man i'm a big fan as well so uh, yeah, and if, if we start some live streaming, which we're looking to do here at Coach Talk, it's going to be later in the afternoon. So hopefully you you get those live streams of Gun and then a little bit of Coach Talk as well. But we'll still uh, continue with our pods and post them around lunchtime so people can listen at their leisure. So we'd love to have you join us. Check us out if you're watching right now and you enjoy these uh, collaborations with Gun and I on YouTube. Give us a quick thumbs up, subscribe, give us a little comment. And, uh, you know, if you want us to continue these, we'll continue working on them. Uh, I think it gives us both insight and helps everybody build uh, better lineups. All right, last game on the slate, 10 o'clock, Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors. Golden State minus 5.5. It's a 224.5 total. 109.5 implied for the Denver Nuggets. 115 for the Golden State Warriors. Denver comes in 32-25. and 25. Golden State 42-16. and 16. Uh, Monte Morris, questionable. He's missed the last few games, so not sure he'll be back. Uh, Zeke Naji also questionable. Kanchar, Murray, and Porter already ruled out. For Golden State, three guys out. Still dr no Draymond Green. Uh, Iggy's still out, and Weissman is still out. He's been out all season. So interesting matchup here. We've got uh, Pace 24 for Denver, Golden State 13, so uh, mixed together for average. Denver somewhat in the middle of the pack, a little bit below at 17th. And somehow, some way, Golden State, even without Draymond for an extended period of time, have still stayed the most defensive efficient team 
in the NBA, which is super, super interesting. So what do you think about this game, Gunn? Is this gonna is this gonna be a joker kind of night for you? Uh, I mean, he's in the rotation, 11.3 on FanDuel, 12.4K on DraftKings. Uh, early on, I have him leading the slate in fantasy points by about two fantasy points. Uh, I tighten the screws on that all day, right? These are live projections based on the news, based on uh, other games. But Jokic, if you're going to keep this game competitive, five and a half point spread kind of suggests it, it could and should be. Uh, Jokic is going to have a big part of that. And yeah, the Warriors have been pretty solid on defense, but where they have been lacking is in that front court. We've seen centers, uh, uh, the trains are coming, right? That's the Jokic train. Uh, we've yeah. seen centers thrive against the Warriors. We've seen big block games, big rebound games, uh, uh, more more so the rebounding. And, and Jokic is a big rebounder, averaging almost 14 rebounds on a game on the season. So uh, definitely is a Jokic spot for me. Um, how much exposure? I don't know, maybe 25 30%. We'll see uh, another one of those late-night hammer candidates. Uh, and then we run it back with uh, a little bit of Steph and maybe a little bit of Andrew Wiggins around 6K. I'm looking for 30-plus fantasy points. Jonathan Kaminga, I believe I just read, uh, has been – a reserve selected for the all or for the uh, reserve, uh, rising stars. Yeah, uh, this is what I saw. So, you know, yes. maybe they have some fun with that. The uh, Warriors team love supporting each other, so they might, uh, you know, noogie him into a, a solid game of 4,500. But I think uh, Steph and Jokic are the, the bulk of my interest in this one. Clay Thompson's on the verge of being clicked on here and there at this price. Uh, getting to 30 minutes, I like him a little bit more at home, get that uh, live energy. But uh, th- again, you know, I talked about the uh, the Thomas Bryant effect, man. Paying for a, a minutes limit on 11 game slate feels like I, uh, uh, I might be uh, setting myself up for failure. So I may not uh, put that into action. Maybe I just shop his props. But Curry and, and Jokic both have the ability to be top scorers on the slate. So I want some exposure to them uh, in multi entry. I agree. I mean, I think. The Joker is the best payup option on the slate. I know he's expensive, but, you know, that's the the guy to go to, in my opinion. I think every model he's showing is the highest uh, DFS uh, player on the slate points-wise. And let's face it, Golden State, without Draymond Green, who's probably was going to be, still maybe the uh, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, when you take that interior defender away, even though he's not that big, He's phenomenal defensively. And, mm-hmm. you know, you remove him and put in a youngster like Kaminga, of course you're going to have some some downfall. Looney does the best he can for what he's got. I mean, he gets the most out of his uh, abilities of just about anybody in the league because he's not that talented. He can't jump. He's not real quick, but he, <laughs> he gets it done okay. But this is just a, a, a beautiful matchup for, for the Joker. I think the game stays pretty close. Uh, certainly he's got to be – a number one on the list for pay up. I mean, it, you know, certainly doesn't hurt to have him in that late game. No question about it. Not really interested in anybody else on the Denver side though. I mean, it's been like that a lot this year. You just get some inconsistent games from Barton. He can be great, but the whole thing with green and Gordon and Morris and Highland and rivers and Forbes and Jermichael green and cousins now and Composo, I just, it's, it's too dangerous for me, uh, and I'm concerned about rotations there. So Joker bust like usual for me with Denver. On the Warriors' side, I, I agree. I like Kaminga a bit, personally. Four or five is too cheap. He's getting good minutes, and he's producing. Now, I will say this, though. This is my only concern. 
I think Aaron Gordon is a terrific de uh, defender of the, the three and four position, and he'll probably go on Wiggins, I'm hoping. If he does go on Wiggins, which is not for sure, he might go on Kaminga, and I'm going to do as much diving in before I make these rosters on this because if Gordon guards Wiggins, I love Kaminga. If Gordon guards Kaminga, I'm probably going to fade him. And, it's, and I know you don't like that scenario, but that's just important to me because I want to see where he's going to attack it. But I do like the narrative of Curry and even Thompson a little bit of feeding Kaminga a little extra, giving him the, you know, he uh, being in that rising stars on Friday. It's, it's a lot of good mojo going his way. So I think he's a good play. I'm not as afraid of Clay Thompson anymore. I think 6-6 is still too cheap. I think he's going to play 30, 33 minutes. And, you know, he gets up four shots. If you get up to get a drink of water, you come back, he has four three attempts. So uh, I, I'm okay with Clay at that at that mid lower mid-level price. Uh, and he may make a lineup or two of mine as well. That is yeah. it. Any yeah. Any other... NBA knowledge to rain upon us, sir. No, I was going to say, Aaron Gordon is so good defensively that they usually will stick him on the opposing guards. So uh, it's not – it wouldn't be crazy to see Aaron Gordon um, switch between Curry and Klay Thompson tonight. We've seen them use him on Trey Young, on uh, on other uh, high-uses guards. So uh, they'll try to put him to, to work here. But, yeah, definitely uh, that wouldn't surprise me if we see Curry versus Aaron Gordon at the top of the key a couple of sets tonight. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see how it rolls out. If that is the case, then, yeah, it makes Kaminga a little bit better at that price even as well. All right, man. Uh, this has been great. I don't know how long we went. Uh, hour and a half, but you know, it is what it is. We had 11 games. We have all this uh, brain NBA stuff to share. So it's been great, man. I, I loved having you on like usual. I look forward to the Saturday after the all-star break, jumping back on your live stream. And like I say, you know, give us some feedback folks. Let us know if you want us to continue to do these collabs and we'll keep trying to put these, uh, this old and young uh, brain together and see what we can come up with. <laughs> not that young coach i'm not that young yeah one of these you're not days that old have... gosh dang it <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of these days we're gonna have a side bet one of us has to take off our hat uh as mm. as one of our our bets so that's coming down the future stay tuned for that one yeah then i'll really not look that young <laughs> <laughs> well you'll have such a glare from from mine you won't be able to see you on the screen so don't worry about it <laughs> All me. right, Gun. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Uh, anytime, you know, the, the door's always open. Uh, and hopefully this helps everybody get after it and get it done. Any other plugs or anything else you want to throw out there, uh, Gun? Nah, man. Just uh, hopefully, uh, you know, people enjoy the All-Star break, recharge, and uh, let us all light a candle for baseball to, to, to make it on time, hopefully. I hope so. Yeah, that's the next big hurdle. We'll see how that goes. But uh, all right, everyone, thank you so much for, for listening in. Hopefully this helps. Let us know. Show us some winners. Flash them up there. Hit us up on Twitter or uh, YouTube, wherever you need. You can find us. Again, dfscoachtalk.com. Check us out there. Uh, grab the Luca special. Luca magic, baby. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Enjoy it. Catch uh, Gun on his live streams today. The
prize picks one and the DFS one. I know I'll be tuning in as well. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Have a fantastic NBA evening. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.